This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. With the second pick in the 2021 NBA Draft, the Houston Rockets select Jalen Green. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep getting better every day. I'm going to keep perfecting my craft. And every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, the best and only daily podcast covering your Houston Rockets. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin. The show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well as at Apollo HOU. The Rockets falling in Dallas, Dallas Mavericks home opener of the season, 116-106. And there's a lot to take away from this game. And my immediate reaction is these are the types of games that we want to see out of this season, right? This was a competitive game pretty much start to finish, right? The Rockets were in the lead at the end of the first half. They looked like the better team after two quarters of play, came out flat in the third quarter, unfortunately, fought their way back into this game, got the spark, the, the you know, got ignited off the bench by Eric Gordon and David Nwaba. We'll get into that in a little bit. And just unfortunately not enough to mount a full-blown comeback after digging themselves such a large deficit in the third quarter. But a really competitive game start to finish for this team. Struggling a little bit with the physicality of the Dallas Mavericks defense at times. Dorian Finney-Smith seemingly was everywhere in this game. Uh, Dwight Powell played some solid defense. Even Porzingis, you know, at points throughout this game had, had had some decent defensive possessions. Overall, I think the Rockets let the refs get in their head a little bit. I will say that it is a travesty that through four games of his NBA career, Jalen Green has yet to attempt a single free throw, right? We saw the play where Jalen Brunson, I believe it was Jalen Brunson, drove it in on, uh, or no, Tim Hardaway Jr., I apologize, drove it in on Eric Gordon from the base, or not Eric Gordon, wow, I'm all over the place. Tim Hardaway Jr. drove it in on... <laughs> on uh, Jay Sean Tate from the baseline and Jay Sean Tate goes straight up and down. It's called for the foul. And then later on, we saw an identical possession in which Jalen green drives the basketball straight in ridiculous hang time, by the way, from Jalen green to be able to sky up into the air, just gliding through, absorb the contact and finish through the contact and land, you know, I mean, he landed on the floor. He looked like he got fouled. Didn't receive a whistle. Jalen Green hasn't attempted a single free throw through his four games to start his NBA career, which is just a little ridiculous. But I don't want to get too caught up in that. Steven Silas did mention postgame that he thinks that the refs definitely played their part in that he thinks that, you know, the players were a little bit too caught up in, in the fact that they weren't getting the calls that they thought they deserved, right? And that's definitely something that I spent time harping on last season and it's something that is probably going to plague this team a little bit this season, right? We see it a lot. Christian Wood, you know, thinks he gets fouled. He walks around like this, like holding his arm a lot. Like, hey, I got I got grabbed. And sometimes you're not going to get the benefit of the whistle, right? Sometimes the refs are going to feel like they're going against you. And my thing is there's usually calls that are missed on both sides, right? The other team usually feels that they're getting screwed by the referees. Um, ultimately, they need to be playing their best version of basketball. They need to be doing everything in their power that they can to play winning basketball, make the right plays, do all of the above, right? Before looking at the refs and saying, okay, well, we're doing everything right and we're still getting screwed. 
like then maybe you point at the refs. And maybe this is one of those games because the Rockets had a really solid game. Like you look down the stat sheet. I mean, they shot over 40% from behind the arc again, which is this team for the lack of shooting that they have on their team has actually been pretty consistent from behind the arc. They shot over 40% from behind the arc against the Celtics as well. So seeing that is definitely a breath of fresh air. Uh, a big part of that being EG, who's had some really uh, impressive games so far this season. But I want to focus really quickly just on, on the jump here. We'll focus on the first half where the Rockets were playing with a lot of pace. They were getting out in transition. They were creating easy opportunities for themselves. And they kind of put a stamp on the end of that first half and carried had a lot of momentum carrying into the locker room uh, with that play. KPJ gets a steal and then gets the outlet pass out to Daniel Tice in transition for the, for the breakaway slam. And that was a nice way to cap off the Rockets first half. In fact, it was, uh, they capped off a 10 to two run. Yeah. A 10 to two run to close the half for, for the team. And then they fell flat in that third quarter. Uh, they, they come out in that third quarter. They'd only had six turnovers through the first half of play. And in that first, third quarter they had six turnovers within the first three minutes Dallas gets out to a a 13-0 run to start the quarter Rockets have dug themselves into a significant hole Jay Sean Tate picks up his fifth foul being you know a little overly aggressive on defense um although to be fair he shouldn't have had that many fouls in the first place shout out refs and gets subbed out David Nwaba comes in Eric Gordon comes in and those two were the two that absolutely ignited this team and got them back on track. David Nwaba had a pair of layups. Uh, yeah, pair of back-to-back layups for David Nwaba. Then Christian Wood hit a, you know, had a really strong drive with a lot of contact, didn't receive a whistle, still made the bucket. And then Eric Gordon hit a three-pointer to cut the, the deficit to just four, 73-69 in the, nice, um, in the third quarter. So they kind of clawed their way back into this game multiple different times, getting within a bucket or two, but just never quite having enough to get back on top and and, and take over and lead this game against the Mavericks. Um, and a big part of that, right, you have to credit Luka Doncic, who time and time again, even though he had a, an overall game where Luka struggled, it still felt like he was in control of this game. Like whenever the Mavericks needed a bucket, whenever they needed a timely assist, Luka Doncic's ability to control the pace and the flow of basketball games is, you know, there's only a handful of guys in the NBA who can do it. He finished the night 26 points on 10 of 25 shooting, just one of six from behind the three-point line. So not an efficient night whatsoever for Luka. And by extension, the Mavericks also just having, uh, you know, they they had a rough night. They only shot 46% from the floor, only 28% from behind the three-point line. The Rockets' defense for most of this game was relatively solid. They did manage to lose Reggie Bullock a few times in this one. Reggie Bullock and Maxi Cleaver off the bench for the Mavericks kind of torching the Rockets from behind the three-point line. Those two combined for seven of 13 from behind the arc off the Mavericks bench. Uh, really impressive showing from those two. Uh, the, the bench play from those two, as well as Boban Marjanovic, and then Jalen Brunson really helped keep the Mavericks afloat through stretches of this game. And then overall, again, Luka Doncic, in the minutes that he was on the floor, the Mavericks, I mean, he's a plus 15. He was a what, team high plus 15 for the Mavericks. So even though he didn't have a super efficient night, the Mavericks are just a better team when Luke is on the floor. 
Conversely, for the Rockets, EG and David Nwaba talked about that spurt in the third quarter where they you know, got the Rockets back on track. EG had 15 of his 22 points in the third quarter. He was scoreless in the fourth quarter, though. So as big as that run was in the third quarter to try and get back into this game and make things competitive again, and as huge as EG was during that you know momentum-shifting run, he didn't do anything else the rest of the way, unfortunately. And then for the Rockets, big three, Christian Wood, 16.17 boards, but struggling with his efficiency, just 6 of 16 shooting. Kevin Porter Jr., another night where he had some really solid assists. He was creating for his teammates, so he finishes 13 points, 5 boards, 8 assists, 2 steals, but did have another high turnover evening, 6 turnovers on the night. So it's one of those things where, again, KPJ is still working through it. We're going to dive into some of the specifics on his game in just a moment. And then Jalen Green kind of comes back down to earth a little bit in this one. Just 10 points, 4 of 16 shooting, 2 of 9 from behind the 3-point line, 5 boards, 1 assist, 2 turnovers in this game. So coming up, I want to break down some of these specifics from the Rocket side of things, dive into Christian Wood's game. I want to talk about Daniel Tice and, and by extension, uh, his game. I thought he had a really, really strong performance in this one. Uh, EG, solid performance, but then the inability to close things out in the fourth quarter. He spoke about that a little bit post-game. Dive into all of this after a quick message from our friends over at Sweatblock. Because look, nobody likes sweating. It just, it sucks, right? Unless you're at the gym and you're making it, you know, having a good workout sweat. That's one thing. Sure. Cool. Pumping iron. Awesome. You're doing that. Cool. Maybe you're playing pickup. Yeah, sure. But when you're going about your day, you know, running errands, meeting up with friends, maybe you're going on a date. Nobody likes to feel the sweat, right? Sweatblock is doctor created, doctor recommended, works for up to seven days per application. They have a dry shirt guarantee. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back guaranteed. It's not just for armpits. You can put it on your chest, your back, your feet, your hands, anywhere, anywhere that sweats, right? So seriously, if you are someone you know uh, you love deals with excessive sweat, you got to check out Sweatblock. So check it out. Get 20% off at sweatblock.com when you use promo code LOCKEDON, also available at Amazon and CVS. So again, that's 20% off at sweatblock.com when you use promo code LOCKEDON, also available at Amazon and CVS. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, where we thank you for making Locked on Rockets your first listen of the day, breaking down the Rockets 116-106 loss on the road against the Dallas Mavericks. Now, I want to, where do I want to start with first? Um, let's go with Daniel Tice, because first off, you know, I, I've been, every game, every practice, it feels like my mentions and the comments are constantly filled with, uh, you know, why is Daniel Tice starting, right? He's a veteran and he provides solid defense. He provides, he, he helps anchor this team a little bit. Even though Shingun has had flashes and has looked like a really, really solid player, they're not going to just turn around and bench Daniel Tice five games into the season. It's not going to happen. I still think Shingun's going to be starting at some point, but Daniel Tice had a really, really strong performance in this game. Finished the night 15 points, 10 boards, 5 of 11 shooting, 3 of 4 from behind the three-point line, right? And I think the biggest key in this one for Daniel Tice, and this is going to be an issue that the Rockets' rotation of bigs between Tice, Wood, and Shingun are going to be dealing with, is at times the spacing has looked a little off out there, right? Where they've struggled because Shingun hasn't been attempting any threes, which shout out, Shingun hit his first NBA triple in this game, so we'll talk about him in just a moment. But with Tice, if he's 
being aggressive and willing to pull the trigger on that three point shot. And if he's going to hit it with some consistency, it's going to open things up for the rest of the team. It's going to open things up for the rest of that starting lineup. Right. So I think at times the spacing has been a little clogged up, which makes things difficult for Christian Wood. It makes things difficult for KPJ, for Jalen Green to get any of those effective driving lanes going because if defenders are just going to constantly sag off of guys like Tice and Tate because they're not respecting them at the three point line. It's going to close off all those different driving lanes for KPJ and Jalen Green and making, you know, basically forcing the Rockets to be a perimeter oriented team at times. So. I really liked what we saw to Daniel Tice in this one. He was aggressive. He was cover. I mean, he played some really solid defense, had some great rotations in this game, picked up Luka Doncic multiple times in this one, played solid defense on him. Sometimes it was just better offense by Luka, but I just wanted to highlight Daniel Tice because I think that, you know, Rockets fans are, are rightfully so very, you know, excited about the possibility of Alper and Shingun and about what he brings to the table. But I do think that, Shingun plays his role on the bench really well. He checks in. He's able to be that secondary unit kind of facilitator. The offense runs through him a lot. Um, just be patient, right? Uh, appreciate what Daniel Tice is able to bring to the starting lineup. And this was, again, his best game of the season by far already. Um, so it, it, let me let me segue from Tice into Alperin Shingun, who, again, continues to impress in, in a variety of ways. So Shingun mentioned hit his first NBA triple. Um, I... I was going to harp on it because uh, unfortunately for Shingun, one of the issues with his three point shot right now is he's, he's not confident in it. Right. And so earlier in the game, he had one where he kind of like hesitated, brought the ball back down and then decided to pull up for the three and missed it later in the game, sinks the triple. And it's the second one where he just pulled it immediately. Right. Didn't question it. Didn't hesitate. Just pulled the trigger on the three point shot. That's the kind of confidence that he needs to shoot with from behind the three point arc, because as he builds that three point shot up and as he becomes better known as an outside shooter and as he works on that part of his game, it's going to unlock more stuff. Right. He's already got the ability to get to the rim, to get to the rack with his array of spins and post moves. And he's got the little behind the back dribble. It kind of looks like it's happening in slow motion almost. And he can still get there effectively, get to the free throw line, all of that. It's going to get even easier if defenses start having to honor that outside shot. And it's going to, again, continue to open things up for the Rockets' offense. But defensively, Alperin Shingun continues to be such a presence on the defensive side of the basketball. He had multiple possessions in this game where he uses his hands. He's so active defensively, tapping passes away for, you know, disrupting entry passes into the post. He had one on Boban Marjanovic, where even though Boban is a much bigger presence than Alper and Shingun, rather than just letting the entry pass happen, as soon as the ball left the fingertips of the of the person throwing the entry pass, Alper and Shingun, smaller, quicker than Boban, just got around him, kind of fronted him in the post and just tapped the ball away and forced a turnover. It was just a great read, a great defensive move by Alper and Shingun. And then later in the game, Alper and Shingun picked up back-to-back drawn charges in the fourth quarter. I mean, seriously, he, or I apologize, not in the fourth quarter, at the end of the third quarter, um, close to the start of the fourth quarter, Alper and Shingun had those back-to-back drawn charges as part of the Rockets, you know, run to get back into this game just in the right spot at the right time reads reads things so well and 
the fact that he's this quality of a defender this early in his career bodes really well for the remainder of his NBA career, right? Because we've already seen he struggles a little bit with the foul calls. Um, that's just him adjusting from, you know, what's allowed and what's not allowed, the physicality of things at times in the Turkish league versus playing now in the NBA, that kind of thing. I feel like that's what that can be attributed to. Um, it's not that he's, you know, making boneheaded rookie decisions, right? Uh, there's there's some, at times, some miscommunication between him and teammates, but those things are just, I, I attribute those to chemistry, not necessarily um, his youth at times. So I just wanted to highlight Shingun because he continues to be such a presence for this Rockets team, both offensively with his passing, defensively, um, even though he kind of struggled in this one offensively, not the best showing from him in this game, did, did sink his first triple, but wasn't, nearly as effective in this one as he has been in the previous three games for the Rockets on the offensive side of the ball. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Daniel House Jr., who Daniel House Jr. was having his best game of the season absolutely without question in this game before suffering a right foot strain and being ruled out for the remainder of the game, returned to the Rockets bench in a walking boot, unfortunately. And, like, seriously, my heart goes out to Daniel House Jr. That really sucks to have like struggled up to this point and to finally like have your first solid game of the season. Things were looking really good. He was playing some strong defense. He was hitting his shots offensively and he was part of that. He was part of that set that uh, second quarter unit that was moving. I mean, they were moving the ball really well at times. The ball movement was incredible at during stretches in the Rockets first half. And then he suffers the foot strain, finishes the night, eight points, four rebounds, one assist, one steal, three of four shooting, two of three from behind the arc in just nine minutes of run. So no update on the timetable for Daniel House Jr. They did conduct x-rays, though. They came back negative. So hopefully it's nothing serious for Daniel House Jr. And hopefully he'll be back in the rotation sooner rather than later. Because again, I like that Steven Silas is trying to balance the veterans with the young guys, right? And I know everybody's clamoring for KJ Martin minutes. Everybody's like, why are they playing house? Why are they playing David Nwaba? Because those guys are still in like when they're on, when they're playing well, they're very strong contributors to a basketball team. We saw in this game, exactly what David Nwaba brings to the table. He brings an energy and an intensity that is infectious off the bench that can change the flow of a game because of how, well, he gets out in transition, the defense that he plays and the Rockets kind of all grabbed on to some of that like energy, right? And just kind of followed him. He was the guy that spearheaded the run in the third quarter. And then Christian Wood followed up and then Eric Gordon followed up. So I understand the want and the desire to see the young guys getting the run. I do. But at the same time, I think it's important to be able to balance those vets around the other staple young guys that are already in the rotation, right? KPJ, Jalen Green, Shingoon, right? Trying to make sure that they have the right support around them, depending on matchups, depending on, uh, you know, what's needed on a nightly basis, defense, offense, all that good stuff. So I like the decisions that Steven Silas has made right now, but in the interim, while Daniel Huss Jr. is out, maybe it means more opportunity for KJ Martin. Uh, and maybe we'll see KJ Martin and David Nwaba kind of flip flop back and forth in that nine ten spot in the rotation until Daniel Huss Jr. returns. So coming up, want to finish up final thoughts on this game and we'll get there after a quick message from our friends over at built bar because look when it comes to protein bars if you've never had a protein bar that you've actually cared about you've got to check out built bar they've got so many amazing flavors to choose from mint brownie raspberry german chocolate cookies and cream my personal favorite coconut brownie chunk really can't go wrong with a single bar on their menu every single bar is loaded with protein they're all low cal low sugar high protein high fiber great if you're on a keto diet 
great if you're trying to lose weight and you can check them out. Just visit built.com and use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order of the best, and I mean the best tasting protein bars on the market. So again, check it out. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, where we thank you for making Locked on Rockets your first listen of the day. Now, I do want to dive into kind of the the big three here in this final segment. Christian Wood, Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, who of the of the big three, they all had a relatively like they had a pretty solid first half. Again, if the game had been over after 24 minutes, this would be a resounding dub for the Rockets, right? Unfortunately, that's not how basketball works. They played the second half and things derailed for the Rockets in that second half. The Mavericks defense uh, turned it up a notch, made things uncomfortable for the Rockets. They started turning the ball over. Uh, The efficiency waned. They were not hitting their shots. And again, I do think for those three specifically, the referees played a significant role, right, in just taking them out of the game mentally. We saw Kevin Porter Jr. down the tail end stretch of this game get frustrated, get whistled for a technical because he thought he should have, you know, he thought he should have picked up multiple fouls on a single possession uh, with Jalen Brunson defending him, kind of digging into his back uh, down the stretch of this game. And so I get it. Like they're young, they're going to be, you know, impacted by things like this. And Steven Silas spoke about it post game saying, you know, I think that, you know, one of the issues we had is we, we let some, you know, outside factors get to us, right? We let the referees get to us, you know, some, some young mistakes. And then Eric Gordon talked about it too. I asked, I asked Eric Gordon about what he thought of the composure of this team down the stretch, trying to kind of fight and claw their way back into this game. Cause he's been in these moments before, right? He's been through these moments countless times in his career. Whereas for KPJ, Jalen green, even Christian wood, they haven't really been exposed to these types of competitive games where you are trying to fight your way back from being down where you're within, you know, one possession, two possessions away from taking the lead, right? How does that momentum play in? And he specifically said, we didn't do a good enough job of, uh, of, capitalizing on the mistakes that the Dallas Mavericks were making, right? Again, the Mavericks did not, by any stretch of the imagination, play a good basketball game. They did not, right? They had 14 turnovers. They only shot 28% from three, only 46% overall. They, you know, are arguably they struggled. Kristaps Porzingis had a really rough night, two of 10 shooting overall. Dorian Finney-Smith's two of seven. Tim Hardaway Jr., who's been on an offensive tear, was only two for seven from behind the three-point line. Somehow, Rockets killer THJ did not, absolutely go turbo nuclear against the Houston Rockets, right? So they didn't have an amazing evening by any stretch of the imagination. So this was absolutely a winnable game by the Houston Rockets. They just did not capitalize on the opportunities where the Mavericks were missing shots. They just couldn't quite strain together enough of a run to take the lead and then hold on to the lead, right? They just couldn't ever mount that hill and get to that point, unfortunately. And when you look at what they did in the first half, again, the Rockets' big three in the first half, Christian Wood was five of nine, two of four from behind the arc. He had 12 points and nine boards, three assists, really solid first half, and then kind of started to started to struggle in the second half is the issue. So if we go to the second half numbers for the team, let's go second half, refresh this. Uh, Christian Wood in the second half, just one of seven shooting, missed both of his three-point attempts, only two of four at the free free throw line, did secure the eight more rebounds, didn't dish out any more assists in the second half, and had three turnovers. So, and, and it's not only him. KPJ in the second half only attempted one shot 
got to the free throw line a handful of times finally, uh, but had two more turnovers, did dish out a couple more dimes. And then Jalen Green in the second half was just one of nine shooting overall, only had one assist, one rebound, and two turnovers. So the big three really, really struggled in that second half. Christian Wood was a minus 16. KPJ and Jalen Green were both a minus 18 in their minutes in the second half. So this is going to be a learning opportunity for them to realize, okay, how do we capitalize on when the opposing team isn't making their shots, when they are turning the ball over, when they're making mistakes, right? And I think that there were some possessions down the stretch of this game that were a little rushed where they didn't quite get the best quality shot. Um, And Steven Silas did speak, speak about that too, where he's not concerned right now about whether or not the shots are going in, which, Hey, I said that line earlier in the season. So I'm glad to know that Steven and I think uh, are thinking along similar terms here, um, or at least, you know, following the similar ideologies about this team said, he's not concerned with whether or not the shots are going in, you know, or about the stats and the numbers on the shots. He's concerned about generating quality shots, right? If he's, if the team's generating quality shots and they're just not falling, that's great. That's exactly what you want out of the team because you want them, you know, building the right practices, getting into the right patterns of doing things the right way, making the right reads, making the right plays, making the extra pass. And if you just come across a night where the shots just aren't falling, where you shoot, you know, sub 40% from three or whatever, and you just can't win because they're not going in, that's fine. But at the tail end of this game, I do think that the Rockets kind of rushed some possessions. They got in their own head a little bit. Um, They just didn't execute well enough down the stretch. One area that I would like to see a lot more of moving forward is, I don't know, and again, I don't know why they've gotten away from it so much. This Rockets team needs to do more Christian Wood, Kevin Porter Jr. pick and roll. Like that is, Kevin Porter Jr., Christian Wood pick and roll, and then Jalen Green, Christian Wood pick and roll is like the number one play that this offense should be running consistently, right? They don't need to spam it all the time, but when this team needs a bucket, that's the play that they should be running, right? Christian Wood, I think in this game, did a little bit of a better job at trying to get his by facing up offensively. Uh, but I still didn't like, like there were a couple possessions, right? Where he got, like he had Luca in the post at one point and he was trying to post up Luca. And I'm like, dude, like Luca's 6'8 and weighs about as much as you do, if not more. So, you know, I think at times Christian Wood's decision-making on when to, you know, or I guess not win, but how to attack the defense. Cause he's so versatile offensively, right? He's got so many different ways that he can attack a defense. The times where he, you know, chooses to post up somebody that is arguably bigger and stronger than him. I wish he would get away from those, right? He needs to utilize his quickness in those matchups, not his, not trying to utilize his strength. And then for KPJ and Jalen green, even though Jalen feels like he got, a, like a solid number of shot attempts in this game. He had 16 attempts. So he and C would led the team with 16 attempts a piece KPJ trailing behind them at just 10 attempts. Um, and then Eric Gordon and Daniel Tice with 11 a piece really kind of felt like the shot distribution was, was really evenly spread. It doesn't necessarily feel like they're looking for Jalen green, right? It doesn't feel like KPJ and Christian Wood are trying to create opportunities for Jalen green on the floor. And maybe that's something that we look at Silas and say, Hey, like, why are not, why are we not seeing more plays drawn up specifically for Jalen green? Maybe it's just, you know, a side effect of the way that the Dallas Mavericks are playing defense and the opportunities just weren't there in this game. And Jalen green was kind of forced to create his own offense throughout the majority of the night. I'm not hundred percent sure. I, 
I think that Jalen Green needs to be more of a focal point in the offense. So they need to make a concerted effort to try and create opportunities for him to to get quality looks. Uh, you know, I think that there were a few times in this game. He had nine three-point attempts, and some of those did come off of like passes and assists from other teammates, right? But some of those also just came off of off of his own, you know, creation, right? Dribble pull-ups, that kind of thing. So I think that Jalen Green kind of just struggled in this game. There's no there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He he came off a you know ridiculously high game uh against the Boston Celtics with the 30 point the 30 piece, and he kind of not regressed, but kind of dropped back down to normal a little bit. And that's to be expected with these rookies. But Jalen Green would like to see him be a bit more of a focal point moving forward. And then KPJ, with KPJ and where he's at right now, you know, it's, I I think the, the main thing that we will hope to see out of him as he's getting better, this is obviously cutting down on the turnovers, but really controlling the flow of the game. And I think that's what the point guard on the floor has to be able to do or the primary ball handle on the floor right needs to be able to control the flow of the game and and either speed things up or slow things down as necessary and i think through four games right now that's kind of the element of kpj's game that we haven't necessarily seen with him in that point guard role is him speeding things up when the rockets want to get things going quickly versus slowing things down when they need to really get a quality shot, right? Because everything can't be fast is the problem. Like, even though the Rockets want to play fast as much as possible, there's points like in the tail end of this game where things would be better if you could slow it down, be a little bit more methodical about it, and run some run some sets in the half court to generate a high quality high percentage look so that you can give yourself a ch- give yourself a chance to win the game right rather than just trying to take the ball out of net every single time and okay we're going to try and attack before the defense gets set and sometimes that just doesn't work right and if you're constantly playing you know in in you know sixth gear trying to go 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 you're going to play a little bit sloppier you're going to have turnovers you're going to have some rushed shot attempts and that's an issue that this young team is going to face is trying to find the balance between playing fast and then at times when needed, slowing things down and operating in the half court and, and running some set plays, or even if they're not running set plays in the half court, just running, you know, a little bit of pick and roll action here and there to try and generate a quality look for C wood or to try and suck in the defense and generate a wide open three on the perimeter for somebody at points in the first half, the ball movement felt really, 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 really solid for this team. And it felt really solid when the bench unit was in. DJ Augustine, Daniel House Jr., Eric Gordon, Alperin Shingoon, David Nwaba. There was a there was a period of time where it was all five of those guys in the in the game. And they did a really exceptional job of moving the ball around, finding each other, creating opportunities for each other. It wasn't just one guy pounding the rock. And KPJ, unfortunately, I think has a tendency to over dribble right now. And he kind of over dribbles into some bad situations where then he picks up his dribble and is pinned with his pivot foot down and has to look for a safety valve, you know, a a safety net to to kick the ball out to. So I think that's going to kind of be an area of growth that I want to see from him, right? Is controlling the game a little bit better in the half court, being a little bit smarter about not over dribbling or not dribbling into the defense and then picking up his dribble, right? It's fine if he wants to go probe the lane, but sometimes he probes the lane and then like picks up his dribble and then realizes he has nowhere to go with it, right? Doesn't have a shot, doesn't have a pass. And that leads to some stagnant offense for this Rockets team. 
So I want to see him be a little bit better about keeping that dribble alive, probing things, and really seeing things in the half court because he's got the vision, right? He's got great court vision, great awareness, but I think at times he's not thinking about the move that he wants to make, right? And then he just kind of panics, picks up the dribble, and then is left in no man's land waiting for somebody to bail him out. So overall from this Rockets game, I mean, even though the big three struggled, Still a lot of positive takeaways. They didn't hang their head after these struggles, both in the second quarter, because they had that gap of about four minutes in the second quarter where they went scoreless. And then they had these struggles at the top of the third quarter as well. But being able to fight their way back, ultimately, I mean, when they start, the, the Mavericks started on a 13-0 run in that third quarter. And then the Rockets went on, you know, for the remainder of the quarter, the Rockets outscored the Mavericks 28 to 21. So the Rockets played really well in that third quarter. Once things turned around, Jay Sean Tate sitting down with the five fouls, David Nwaba and Eric Gordon checking in. That was great to see. And then they, they did a good job of, of going kind of seesawing back and forth with the Mavericks. You know, they went on a run, Rockets went on a run. Mavs go on a run, Rockets went on a run throughout the remaining portion of this game. Again, it just came down to the wire when, the Mavericks needed a good shot when they needed a quality look. Luka Doncic was there either making the shots themselves or generating the shots for his teammates, and the Rockets just didn't have that level of execution down the stretch, unfortunately. Still a really solid win, a competitive win throughout the evening. Uh, a lot of different, you know, a lot of positive takeaways from this one. But overall, I can't be too upset. They played a competitive game on the road against the Dallas Mavericks and almost came up with a win in Dallas. That would have been really cool to upset the Dallas Mavericks home opener, but they didn't ultimately do it. Uh, Looking forward to our next couple episodes, we have a surprise guest joining us on our very next episode. It's going to be very cool. Uh, Also an announcement for the show. So if you're listening to this, don't go, don't go spoiling it. Just, you know, let the listeners enjoy it. I'm looking at you, Don. Don't spoil this on Twitter. Um, But yeah, so just a couple really exciting episodes here coming up very shortly. Uh, But with that, that's going to be the end of today's episode. As always, appreciate you checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing to the show. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast free and available on all platforms, as well as our brand new YouTube channel. But for today's episode, that's going to do it. As always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.